While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to third and final hour of the evening. It's just me now. Um, I'm Marcus. I'm Marcus Farrow. And uh, Chris McCarthy uh, isn't with us tonight. Chris McCarthy will be with us Wednesday. Uh, and that was Sheriff-elect Paul Haro. I thank him for making the trip down to Attleboro and staying in uh, studio for two hours to answer your questions and take your calls on the WBSM app chat and at 508-996-0500. If you missed any of that, the podcast will be uploaded soon. Uh, the first hour podcast might already be available. The second hour podcast will be available soon. If you missed any of it, if you want to go back, if you called in or you want to hear your voice, uh, you know, um, you can listen to it anywhere podcasts are offered, WBSM.com, all of that. What uh, I do appreciate that, um, you know, throughout the campaign, Sheriff-elect Haro and Sheriff Hodgson, uh, made themselves very available to us uh, in the media and to us at South Coast Tonight in particular um, and never turned down an interview, um, always made time. And even now, uh, after he's won, he wanted to come down to the audience he, down here and um, speak with you guys directly. So uh, I do appreciate the commitment to communication. Um, it's something that I think Sheriff Hodgson really uh, had during his 25 years in office, the media availability. It looks like something uh, Sheriff-elect Haro will continue here. So I do appreciate uh, his uh, him making himself available. And we'll definitely talk to him. You know, he's going to be there for six years. Um, we'll definitely be talking to him throughout his uh, throughout his tenure to see, you know, what changes are being made, uh, what changes aren't being made. Um, and you know, what he wants to communicate with the public. So I hope uh, you all got something out of it. I think you all did. And um, there'll be more conversations to come for with Sheriff-elect Haro. I'll be having a conversation with you if you'd like at 508-996-0500. I'll also be taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, you know, again, just some housekeeping that we had uh, tomorrow uh so chris it'll be regular programming here at south coast tonight monday tuesday and wednesday so chris will be joining us wednesday tomorrow will be just me again um but uh we'll have uh thursday we're broadcasting the pats game so you know i told you guys that i listened to the pats game when i was uh when i was i listened to the end of that pats jets game when they returned the fumble and I thought it was pretty cool uh, to to listen to it. And, you know, when you're in the – sometimes you want to stay – you know, sometimes you want to watch the game. Sometimes you want to listen. And uh, you can listen to it here Thursday night when the Pats are playing the Bills. Huge game, biggest game of the season for your New England Patriots. So we won't be here Thursday. Friday, Chris and I have a social engagement to go to. So Jack Spillane's going to be here. Uh, I heard Jack earlier today on the Tim Weisberg show. I love that st I love that standing segment that they have every Monday uh, at 11, uh, the turn on the light segment. 
I really enjoy it. Even if I've got a lot going on in the morning, I always make it a point to either put that on, listen to it. I mean, I always have WBSM on all day, but sometimes you're you're doing stuff. You're, you, you know, I've got another thing, you know, I've got other work obligations, but I always make it a point to listen to that segment. I think you should too, um, because it's always very, very, uh, very, very informative. Uh, Jack, obviously a lot of institutional knowledge in the city being a reporter, um, for 20 some odd years. And honestly, people like Jack, people like Chris McCarthy, you know, Phil, Barry, um, they're, you know, they're old school, long time journalists who have so much institutional knowledge that our generation doesn't have and that I'm trying to get as much as I can from all of them. You know, I'm trying to get as much as I can from Jack, from Chris, from Barry, from Phil. Uh, from Tim, to, you know, but Tim and I are part of that younger generation uh, from Tim, too. But but those those sort of, you know, old school guys, I'm trying to get as much information as I can from them so that I uh, can know what I'm talking about. So um, I really do appreciate that segment. I appreciate Jack uh, stepping up and filling in for uh, us a few times this uh, this month because we've got some stuff going on. So a few times this month, you'll hear Jack explain. I know he's got some plans for the Friday night show. The Friday night show is so much fun. What you should do on Friday night is give Jack a call. And shoot him a message um, and, uh, you know, ask him some questions because he'll have a lot to say. I think he's got something planned for some people with some people at the light as well. I'm looking forward to listening to that in the podcast after because, again, I have a I have a uh, Chris and I have a social engagement. So that's our plans for this week. And um, tomorrow, actually, I have. I have Leon Corey. Uh, eight o'clock. I have Leon Corey for Haven Selectman. When all the so when all the elections were going on, when all the elections were going on, we, we did have some messages. Hey, can you talk about some stuff in Fairhaven? Can you talk about some stuff in Dartmouth? And I said yes. As soon as the elections are over, we're gonna have a lot more time to focus on some of the town stuff. You know, I've got, I've got, um, you know, I've got friends and uh, colleagues that are involved in all. In every corner of the South Coast in, you know, the journalism up there. And so you're going to hear from them. Uh, and the one I wanted to start with, obviously, because we do a lot in New Bedford, obviously, because that's the, you know, New Bedford is the the hub of the region. But I wanted to talk to the first, you know, the first sort of on the ground town politics perspective I wanted to give you guys, besides my own, because I am an elected official in town, but... Uh, is Leon Corey or a member of the Fairman Select Board? And Leon uh, was, you know, I, I I like Leon. Leon ran such a good campaign when he first ran for in that special election, the recall election. He ran such a good campaign. It was just old school because he didn't have any name name ID, right? No one really, no one before that special election, maybe a little bit before the special election, really knew who Leon was. But he made it a point to get himself in front of as many residents as possible. That's the way you win a campaign uh, locally. Get yourself in front of as many residents as possible and ask them what their concerns are and really ran a strong campaign. Came just close to, you know, uh, he came very close in that special uh, election um, and then ended up getting being the second leading vote getter in the 
next election. So really impressive campaigning. But I'm interested. I'm looking forward to having Leon in studio to talk about some of the stuff that's going on in Fairhaven. We'll also take your calls and messages on that too, if you want at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I'll take your calls and messages on basically whatever you want to, uh, for the rest of the hour at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. But that's what we got. Leon Corey. He's going to be in at eight o'clock. At seven o'clock tomorrow, we're going to have Sheriff Elect Donna Buckley. Now, Donna Buckley, uh, she won, you know, I had uh, DA elect Rob G- uh, Galliboys on. He is uh, on the Cape and Islands district. Uh, so there was that blue, you know, there was the red wave didn't happen really nationally. You know, the Republicans did take the House, and that's not as much as they sh- probably should have, but still a victory for them because they're going to hold the gavel, so they're going to be able to control what goes in and out of Congress. But here in Massachusetts, there was a blue wave, really. Um, and that blue wave took two long-held Republican offices. I mean, three, right? You had the um, sheriff, uh, you know, sheriff-elect Hero won his election against Tom Hodgson. And on the Cape and Islands, you had the open, it was an open race for DA and sheriff that were hold, held by Republicans for 20 plus years. Um, actually, in the case of the Cape and Islands race, it was really held by the same administration for about 40 years because Michael O'Keefe held that office for 20 years, but he worked for about 20 or so years under the previous DA, um, uh, Phil Collins, a Republican. So they won, I think, pretty handedly won their elections and were able to flip those two seats from R to D. And so we had DA-elect Galliboy's on. We talked about his campaign. Sheriff-elect Buckley's going to come in and talk about her campaign. I believe her background was she was the general counsel, the attorney for uh, the Barnstable County Sheriff's Office for a while. So I'm looking forward to talking to her. She's going to call in tomorrow at uh, 7 o'clock. So... Um, we'll have a conversation with her as well. I like having conversations with people sort of outside of the new, greater New Bedford or slash South Coast area. Um, I think because we get a good grasp on, on uh, you know, really like what's going on uh, statewide. And that does impact us. You know, what happens in the Cape and Islands, we do have listeners. You heard an app chat messenger from Oak Bluffs uh, message. And we do, we do have people out in the Cape and Islands, too, that listen to WBSM. Actually, when I was, uh, you know, I, I took a lot of Cape trips down the Cape to like Truro, P-Town, et cetera, um, Falmouth. I always vacation in Falmouth every year. And when we go there, when I go there, I can hear WBSM, right? Our signal picks up. I remember listening to Barry. I could hear Barry while I was in Truro. So we're going to we're gonna have those uh, people in as well because I think they're, 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 their elections were really fascinating. And I'm interested to hear what their plans are for um for the office as well so wednesday we're going to have robert cabral he is a ward three city council candidate so we've had a couple candidates on so far we've had uh jake ventura uh who had said he was exploring a run but all indications pointed towards he's going to he's going to declare he is uh he's a an attorney at ropes and graham uh that's headquartered in Boston, but I believe he spends a lot of his work days down here. Um, that uh, he, he's an attorney at Ropes and Gray, was a legislative aide for Steve Howitt and Seekonk, ran for state senate 
uh, in Bristol County a few years back. So Jake Ventura declared that he's exploring a run. Sean Oliver, uh, we had on last week on Tuesday. Now I have a column up on WBSM.com. You can check it out. It's about Sean Oliver uh, and it's about his interview here uh, that I had with him. Um, I like Sean. He's a nice guy. And I think his perspective is important because he has a very, because what's going on in, on the advanced manufacturing campus, the golf course uh, in Ward 3, that's going to be converted into both a golf course, um, an 18-hole golf course, and a sprawling business park, that's going to impact the people that live off of Hathaway Road, where Sean Oliver lives, off of Hathaway Road, right? And so... There's, you know, it's already a very highly congested, if not the most highly traffic congested area in the city. And there are residents there that, and, and you know, during Hugh Dunn's tenure during this, while this project was developing, there were a ton of, there were a ton of um, uh, neighborhood meetings about this, public meetings that were posted and people came and voiced their concerns. But there's still a conversation to continue about that. And so it's one of the, I think, his primary focuses in the in the race. And I think it's going to be the main issue in the Ward 3 City Council race is the advanced manufacturing campus. But Sean Oliver was, I, again, I think a real nice guy and pr- provided an important perspective. And you can ch- check out his column on WBSM.com. I plan on my plan, and it you know talks about our interview. There's also the audio that you can listen to in the podcast format. I plan on having all of the... Uh, you know, hopefully having all of the candidates in studio and then writing, uh, you know, a column on them and some of their, you know, policy platforms. But of course, I want them to come here, talk to you guys and tell them why they want to run for this seat. You know, when we campaigned again, you guys know I I, um, I ran Hugh Dunn's city council campaign before I started working here. But WBSM had played a big role in WBSM played a huge role in our campaign strategy, and I think this is going to play a huge role in a lot of their campaign strategies as well. Because we, you know, we bought ads here. We we uh, Hugh did um, regular guest spots here, and um, uh, so did the other candidates. And there was also a debate here uh, that was in this time slot actually before this was a real, you know, a uh, an actual WBSM time slot. Taylor Cormier, who's now at the Howie Carr Show, had moderated a debate between Beth Photo and uh, Hugh Dunn. Um, so we've heard that there are other candidates declaring. Kathy Daner, former Ward 3 City Council, she's declaring. She's declared. Ian Abreu said that on uh, here on WBSM when he called in after they certified the special election for Ward 3. And, uh, and I, I did see a Beth Photo sign out. Um, in front of a former city councilor's house when I was driving by, because uh, it's on a main street when I was dri- when I was just driving down that street the other day. So it looks like uh, m- that would seem to indicate to me that Beth Photo is planning on running as well. So it's going to be a very um, robust field of candidates here uh, that you're going to get to choose from if you live in Ward 3. Uh, so um, that's all really interesting to me. Uh, you know, special elections are are interesting because, I mean, typically it's lower turnout, especially in a ward race. Uh, it's probably going to be lower turnout, but there's going to be a faction of committed voters that have vote in every election that are going to show up and vote 
um, show up and vote uh, in this election. I think the the final, the special, the, the general election results on, uh, I think, about 700 voters in the ward had showed up. It did rain heavily that day. I mean, downpoured. Uh, and that does have an effect on turnout. But um, it's still going to be, you know, that city councilor, despite the, you know, whether it's low turnout, high turnout, whatever, the people that show up to vote, show up to vote, and they get to pick the councilor. Um, those city councilor, that city councilor is going to vote on everything, not just Ward 3. They're going to vote. I mean, they're obviously going to be a steward for Ward 3, but they're going to vote on everything. They're going to vote on the budget for the entire city, right? They're going to vote on uh, maybe some more stuff with the advanced manufacturing for the entire city. They're going to vote on potentially the pay raises for city councilors, uh, which is, I think, in front of the city council today. Uh, not pay raises for city councilors. Sorry, no, not that. Uh, pay raises for department heads, which is in front of the council today. We had Mayor Mitchell on to talk about that a few times during uh, uh, you know the last couple of months or so. So there's... That's something I'm really excited about that I'm looking forward to covering here, uh, hopefully having a general election debate here and covering the candidate forums as well and seeing, uh, you know, who emerges uh, in that race. Um, so, we're, you know what? Let's take a break. If you want to call or message, you can. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I'm going to take a break. We'll, we'll be right back. This is South Coast Night. I'm Marcus. From the South Coast tonight, I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. I was talking a little bit about the Ward 3 City Council race. I think we're going to cover that a lot more as it as it develops here on WBSM. I, I don't know if I... I'll, reiter, I'll reiterate the dates um, that... I'll reiterate the dates that um, we had... Uh, broke here on WBSM, but that were confirmed by the city council. But the the dates for that special election are G, um, they are January 24th for the preliminary election, which is a very quick turnaround uh, from polling papers, and February 28th from the uh, February 28th for the so prelim, which is the preliminary is going to winnow the field down from however many candidates, six, seven, et cetera, to two candidates. Right. And so that's the that's that's January 24th. And then you'll have those candidates, those two candidates that emerge with the most votes um, or the largest plurality of the votes, I should say, in the. In the January twenty fourth election, will then uh, will then have about a month uh, to campaign in the February twenty eighth general election. Um, so I do, and I just had Sheriff Harrow on uh, Sheriff Elect Harrow on uh, uh, for, from the seven to nine o'clock hour. If you missed any of that, you can go to wbsm.com. You can check out the podcast. The first hour is definitely up now. The second hour, if it's not up yet, it will be up soon. I just uploaded it. So if you missed anything, if you want to hear it again, just to clarify some comments, perhaps, you can go to WBSM.com or the WBSM app chat and listen to what Sheriff Arrow, uh had to say about some of his plans for transitioning, uh, some of his, uh, you know, the things that he definitely will do, the things that he's not committed to doing that he might do. Um, 
uh, things that he's open to. One of the things that I thought was really interesting, and he did say this in the campaign, I remember, uh, is is talking about the Ash Street Jail. Now, the Ash Street Jail is the arguably, you know, it's like one of those things like, oh, do we, you know, we have the oldest operating elevator in the city, right, in New Bedford, the oldest operating, like, elevator of its kind, oldest operating elevator in the country, right, in New Bedford. Um, But there's some other, you know, there's some other elevator somewhere that has, that's also laying claim to that same thing with libraries, stuff like that. But the Ash Street Jail may be the oldest jail in the country. If not, it's one of the oldest jails in the country. It, the first iteration of it actually was built in 1828 when was John Quincy Adams president back then. I think John Quincy Adams was president back then, the sixth president uh, of the, uh, I think the sixth president of the United States. So, um, so, so, you know, Hodgson's predecessor, David Nelson, had actually wanted to close the Ash Street Jail. He ended up stepping down, and Sheriff Hodgson was appointed. Sheriff Hodgson uh, found the Ash Street Jail to be an asset to the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. I talked with uh, Hodgson about this several times throughout the campaign, and he said that, you know, basically the jail it runs well there. It functions. He said he had William Brownsberger, who's a senator, I believe, from Andover, but he was chair of a of a of the um, of a commission the 101 commission uh and he went down and said you know basically that he felt the you know he this is Hodgson's account but said hey where's all the you know fecal matter on the walls where's all this stuff that we're hearing about uh happening and I think Hodgson had said to me you could eat off the floors there that it's not what um it is purported to be by a lot of people now I don't know there were you know the thing is with the Ash Street Jail there were calls to close that jail 40 years ago and lawsuits to that effect. And I think Pete, some people called it, I think a sheriff actually in the mid 20th century, like in the 1950s, 60s ish called the jail, like a, a menace basically. So there have been, there have been calls to close this jail for a while. And the arguments basically being that it's outdated and thus, you know, unfit for human habitation, right? For people to live in, for you know, uh, such as the inmates in the in the Astry Jail. Now, Hodgson obviously disputed that. Um, he believed that the Astry Jail should uh, should continue. Paul Haro has never committed either. Um, Paul Haro has com- uh, not committed either way, and that is consistent. I remember the very first time I had him on the air, Sheriff-elect Haro, uh, when he was still Mayor Haro, he had said basically that he was um, he wasn't sure that he'd have to check it out because there might be some use for it. I think his opponents in the Democratic primary were a bit more bullish on closing it, but he said, you know, I have to go in and check it out, right? And I think that was a lot of the a lot of the conversation was I'm not necessarily going to come in and just upend the entire system. The change that he's going to make is going to be gradual. I think that's consistent with somebody who has experience in executive branch, right? If you're the mayor of a, I mean, you know, there's Democrat, Republican, he's a Democrat, Hodgson was a Republican and all that. But if you're head of a local, uh, a local executive branch, like mayor, like for mayors, for example, your party affiliation in Massachusetts, if you're a mayor, if you're a select board member, if you're a city councilor, it's not delineated on the ballot. 
there's no designation whether someone's a Democrat, Republican, Green, Rainbow Party, or an Independent. And I think that's good because in a lot of situations, you look at that and you say, well, it's really, it's a lot less, when you're talking about municipal government, it's very, it is very technocratic. It's very, like, more practical than ideological, right? You'll hear, you know, members of Congress and that's, you know, they're national, you know, they're all national figures so they can do this and they should do this is talk about more, you know, ideological stuff. Right. But that's, you know, that is that's the game there here. It's more about what can we do to provide the best services to people directly? Because, you know, when you're on the local level, you are providing services directly to people in your community. And it's a lot less abstract. Right. It's a lot less. You know, it's I think, you know, when we had Lieutenant Governor Elect Driscoll on, who's the mayor of Salem, I think still is, um, until she assumes office. She said, you know, the people that you're basically administering over are people you're going to see at the grocery store, right? The people that you're providing these services for are people that are going to, you know, basically people that you know, people in your community. And so there's a lot more of a practical element to it that doesn't involve, you know, that doesn't involve some of the broader like cultural stuff or even social stuff that a lot of people talk about. Now the sheriff's race is a little bit different. Countywide races, they are delineated on the ballot. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that I think Haro as a mayor understands that from taking over from a long time incumbent previously, that there isn't going to be, uh, you know, uprooting the entire office or the entire, you know, uh, you know, uprooting everything, firing this person, firing that person, you know, closing this or closing that, sh you know, shuttering this program, shuttering that program is not a way to govern effectively, even when you're coming in with a mandate for change, like he said he was. He's coming in with a mandate for change because that's what people voted for in the county. And he is going to change stuff, but it's going to be gradual. Um, you know, some of those programs, I talked about the autism awareness thing, you know, I've got a hundred seatbelt covers from the sheriff's office. And I, I thank Tom, uh, Hodgson personally, uh, when I, when he, when he came in the studio for, for giving those, uh, seatbelt covers to the commission on disability here in Fairhaven, uh, that I, that I chair, because we're, we're going to give those out to people. We're going to see who needs them. Cause I think that they're important services for, for people who, it provides an important service. It, it's that, you know, these, these autism seatbelt covers, they basically say like, Hey, um, you know, it'll allow a first responder. And I think it's best for the, both the safety of the first responder and for the passenger to say, okay, this is a, pa a passenger with autism. Uh, you know, you need to respond accordingly. They might be more sensitive or uh, reactive to certain stimuli in the environment. They might have a different reaction than other people would in a situation where they may need some type of emergency services from a first, first responder. So stuff like the autism seatbelt uh, program, the are you okay program, which we had a caller ask about, we had a caller ask about last time. The are you okay program is a, you know, and I know Sheriff Hodgson mentioned it uh, before too is a program where they call seniors and uh you know they call them for a minute you know uh briefly uh each day to just to see if they are okay right uh maybe seniors that aren't you know don't have family members close by right or don't have uh immediate support services close by that may need a, a check-in and if there isn't a check-in they were you know they they notify the 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 appropriate authorities and all of that so that was and what i liked what he said because i thought that was a you know that on its face, you look at that. That's a good program. That's a good 
and I think necessary community service that the Bristol County Sheriff's Office provides. And what he said, which I like, is even if it's something that we can't continue here, um, he wants to ensure its continuity. So with the Are You OK program, even if it's something the Bristol County Sheriff's Office may not continue themselves, he's going to ensure that another either, you know, non uh, nonprofit organization or another governmental organization, maybe in the county or um maybe in the county or maybe in the state government or somebody will continue that program because, and that's good. I, I like hearing that because again, I think it's a, a necessary, pro I think like the are you okay program is a good program that provides a necessary service to, you know, an underrepresented population, which is, which is our, which is our seniors. So um, again, I think a lot of that comes from, that's what you heard a lot is, you know, Hey, listen, I've got, you know, he's obviously has an, his ideas for change that he's campaigned on. There's things that he's definitely going to do that he talked about, like, you know, starting to, I guess, you know, be more transparent about the statistics that he's going to post or uh, the statistics that he's going to gather, the data that he's going to post on recidivism, the rate in which offend, people reoffend, and, um, you know, uh, some of the programming he wants to do. There's, you know, he has ideas, obviously. He's got experience in corrections, but he's not going to come in and upset the apple cart because that's not a good way to run a government. You know, coming in and saying, I'm going to upend all this. And I, I thought the story about keeping his two Republican staffers in the city government, the, you know, the, the two administrative staffers that he has under him at the mayor's office that were under the previous mayor. He said, why would I, you know, why would I can them? They're doing a good job, right? I'm not going to fire them just because they worked for the other guy or just because they're loyal to the other guy. If they do a good job, if they're doing their job, you know, we're, we're you know, I don't want to shutter decades of institutional knowledge. That's not a good way to run things. So I think if you're listening to that, if you, you know, if you were a member of the um, Department of Corrections, you know, we had a, a, a spouse of the Department of Corrections, uh, I mean, not Department of Corrections, but Bristol County Sheriff's Office, we had a spouse call in about that. We had people from uh, messaging on the app chat that, I, I you know, I'm going to guess at least a couple of them were members of the uh, uh, of the Bristol County Sheriff's Department that had questions about programming. I hope that actually, you know, put your mind at ease a bit. And again, I I like that he is making himself available. He isn't just saying, hey, I got six years now, um, you know, go screw, right? I, you know, I don't have to tell you anything. He wanted to make an effort to communicate to people, you know, what his ideas are and what his ideas aren't, right? Because there's a lot of misconceptions about that because of the stark differences that you saw in the candidates. And I talked about this a little bit towards the end of the campaign when we had them both on because of the stock differences in sort of philosophy that they were going to be completely opposite on everything. Right. And he's, he's said before, Hey, listen, I'm, you know, I'm open to this, but I'm not necessarily going to do it. There's certain things that, that the, you know, Hodgson has, you know, he, that Hodgson has done that are good. And he wants to see that at least the service is continued, whether it be through the Bristol County Sheriff's office or another, you know, uh, entity in the community he wants to see that through and continue it. And I think that's, I think that's important. So again, if you missed that interview with uh, the sheriff elect, uh, you can check it out on the podcast. That's both on WBSM.com, uh, the WBSM app, which I think is the best way to get the podcast. Honestly, it's the quickest way to get the podcasts and you could just go to the app, you press podcasts and you see South Coast tonight and you press it and you'll have all the, everything that Chris, every hour that Chris and I have done here 
uh, is available to you. Um, so you can go back and even listen to the Marcus Ferro show when I had Sheriff Elect Hero uh, on when he was still Mayor Hero and talked about some of the things that he said back then. And I think you'll find a consistency there with uh, what the Sheriff Elect said back then uh, when he was just campaigning in the Democratic primary and what he has uh, said today. So one of the things I'm looking forward to uh, with Sheriff Elect Hero is continuing that dialogue between the sheriff's office and local media like WBSM that Sheriff Hodgson, I think, has done a fantastic job uh, doing while he was in office, maintaining a, uh, a consistent line of communication. And uh, I think like Hodgson, even, you know, I, Hodgson agreed to sit with me for for hours, right? And he knows that him and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of issues, but we had a a good civic engagement on it. And Hero will have that with the audience as well, I think. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also be taking messages on the WBSM app chat. I found that interesting development. A lot of, uh, a lot of people um, want preferred the app chat uh, communication today with, with the sheriff elect. And that's good. That's fine with me too. Uh, I will definitely, you know, I always say if you call, I prefer it, frankly. I prefer a call. It's a lot easier to communicate. Um, but if you're more comfortable with the app chat message, go for it. You know, again, another feature, if you have the app, you can go in, you press messages. You can message South Coast tonight. You can message me. You can message me anytime. And you can message me. You know, you want to message me at like three in the morning. I'm, I'll be sleeping, but I'll see it the next day. <laughs> um, you can message me anytime, but calling in, uh, you can call in as well. But I, I found that a lot of people did prefer the app chat format today. Uh, and again, I think that's, that's fine with me. That's some, that's a dialogue. We'll continue with not just Sheriff Elect Hero, but all the elected officials who, uh, and guests that want to come in and, and talk to us, but 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. If you want to get on now, uh, I'll take a, I'll take a call now. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Just Hi. a quick question. I missed oh. most of the uh, program. Uh, but, uh, is, uh, Hey, um, my, my headphone disconnected. So anything after good evening, I just missed. <laughs> okay. You want me to start again? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I, I didn't get in there until late this evening. I missed most of the program, but, uh, did, uh, the new, uh, sheriff, uh, say if he was going to continue, uh, Sheriff Hudson's, uh, work crew, um, program? It's not something that was asked. It's not something that I asked uh, of the audience and of me, and I probably should have asked it, honestly, and we'll have more time to do that um, after he gets sworn in. But his general answer on programs is, I mean, that one's more direct because that's a direct sheriff yeah. service, yeah. right? Um, his general answer on programs that the sheriff runs with inmates, for inmates, et cetera, is he's going to have a technocratic approach to it. So he's going to come in, see how it works, basically see if it works, if it, um, you know, is in service to his, you know, the plans he has for the office, and then he'll make a decision on whether to continue it or not continue it. But well, he did too bad. It's, you know, I, I wasn't able to call in because uh, that's kind of a direct question. And I know when it started, I had feelings about it. You know, you hear, you hear the yeah. song, that's the sound of the men working on the chain gang. You yeah, know? right. And, uh, but, but again, I, I think, in, you know, in retrospect, looking at it, I, I think it was a positive thing for the area. And I think, uh, the, you know, Sheriff Tom did a lot of good with that. So I, I would hope he would continue it. It's, 
you know, it's inmates who want to participate and not people who are forced to participate. Sure. So I, I think it did a public good for the uh, for the area. You know, it's funny, Nick Bernier, who was in the Democratic primary, I remember when I interviewed him, he had said that he thought it was a good thing. Uh, he thought it was a good thing that the, that the, a good program that he'd probably continue and continue differently if he were to be sheriff. So I'm not sure. I mean, you know, like he, he didn't. What he did say was, basically, I'm not going to come in and uproot everything, right? Because that's not a way to do stuff. So mm-hmm. that specific question is a good question and one that we can definitely ask him. Well, uh, it's, it's too bad I didn't get to the program earlier because I would have definitely called in and asked him. It's kind of, you know, black or white, you know. Either oh, yeah, no, no, that's that's a very, that, again, there's no abstract answer there. Yeah, right? and again, my, you know, my feeling about it when it first went in was, oh, my God. And again, yeah. the sound of the music and the chain gang is the thing that's in the back of your head and that, <laughs> right. and that you know, that practice down in the south and stuff like that yeah. but i i think looking back at it it was a, a good program uh, to help uh, the area right and, uh, i would hope he would continue it okay just let you go thank you appreciate thank you. it okay bye-bye thanks for the call yeah well the good thing is we can ask him when he's uh, on next you know even if he can't come you know even if he can't come in studio to do a um even if he can't come in studio to do a uh uh, a full two hours like he just did he'll he'll call in you know he'll call in and we can ask him those questions uh that's a question he's gonna have to answer at some point uh right so after he gets you know i had him on uh just to ask some general questions about transition um i think he wanted to sort of make clarify some things before he gets in so people don't have i you know certain ideas about how he's going to do stuff he wants to make sure he's you know said like listen we're going to take a gradual approach to things we're not going to upset the apple cart i'm not going to fire anybody or you know not going to well what he said was i'm not going to go and fire everybody right even if he wants to you know he, he's going to find alternatives for people if he's going to cut programs and stuff like that so um but uh again i i think if you're you know if you listen to his interview if you want to listen to it again and he'll be on again to talk about it that question i should have asked him uh frankly uh but we you know we got caught up in other stuff uh important stuff but other stuff that question i should have asked him we will ask him next time he's on air which will probably be sometime after he's sworn in um uh you know if he wants to come on before then that's fine but i think you know probably sometime after unless something big comes up you know uh, probably sometime after he's sworn in early January, we'll, we'll have, we'll definitely have him on after he's sworn in and has a better look at things, you know, gets to take a look at the books, so to speak, and give a more complete answer to a lot of the questions. Um, but again, I, I think if you're listening, you, you know, if you worked in the correction system, if you had, if you had, um, if you worked in the correction system, if you had, uh, any, you know, um, reservations uh you know if you had any like reservations oh my god is this going to happen to me is this, I, I thought i think he did a pretty good job of putting people's mind uh, at ease about that so what we'll do now is we'll take a break and then we'll be right back this is south coast tonight i'm marcus 1420 wbsm new bedford's news talk station spent all day hearing about the news now is your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back. We're just finishing the second hour of the program. Um, 
And I mean, the third hour of the programming, call in if you want at 508-996-0500. You can take messages on the WBSM app chat. And that's, um, yeah, we're just closing out. Again, I want to remind people tomorrow we've got some real good programming. Um, I think we do every night. I try to every night. I hope you agree. But tomorrow we'll have Sheriff-elect uh, Donna Buckley from the Cape and Islands. She's one of the other Democratic sheriffs that won, that took a seat from Republican control uh, in in um, in the elections on November 8th. And, you know, remember I had DA-elect Galboys, the Cape and Islands uh, DA, um, Cape and Islands DA-elect who took that office from longtime Republican control as well. So I'm interested to see what, you know, Sheriff-elect Buckley has to say. She did work uh, for the, uh, the Barnstable County Sheriff's Office for some time as a general counsel, and uh, it'll be a pretty interesting interview. And then Leon Corey, who is the uh, vice chair of the Fabian Select Board, he's going to uh, join me in studio here uh, at 8 o'clock to talk about some Fairhaven issues, and we'll take your calls and app chat messages uh, at that time, too, at 508-996-0500 or message on the app chat, and we can answer your questions. I know there was a lot of, you know, um, requests to have more Fairhaven in uh Uh, yep. Um, a lot of, um, requests to have more Fairhaven stuff, more Dartmouth stuff. And we'll, we'll get into the, the, the more town stuff too. Uh, the more hyper local stuff now that the, now that the elections are, are over. And a lot of that, including the Ward 3 City Council race. We're going to have Robert Cabral, who's a candidate for Ward 3 City Councilor on Wednesday. He, uh, I had Sean Oliver on last week. I had Jake Ventura on. Uh, the week before, and you can find columns on both of them up at WBSM.com. Uh, uh, the one on Sean Oliver should be up. It should be one of the more recent ones. You can check it out on WBSM.com. Gives a brief synopsis of, you know, who he is and what he's campaigning on and our, our discussion with him. There's also audio of that embedded in the interview. Uh, and I'll do one on this interview with uh, with Sheriff-elect uh, Haro as well. So we're going to definitely get into that more hyper-local uh, hyper stuff, too, um, because that's, you know, really the stuff that makes WBSM, you know, the, the local product uh, that it is. So, all right, I'm going to take one more break, and we'll finish out the hour strong. Thank you for everybody that called in that message on the app chat. We got a lot of app chat messages today um, asking Sheriff Elect Hero questions. Thank you for, to Sheriff Elect Hero for joining us to answer those questions. Again, I think um, probably put a lot of people uh, at ease about the transition. Um, so we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk with him more as the as the um, as he continues his transition to sheriff and. We'll also be talking to you for the rest of the week. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Minyana. Later.